Hello and welcome everybody to YDDL's podcast. Uh, I'm your commissioner, Chris Schutzer, and today I'm joined by two gentlemen, Alex Eifler, our co-commissioner. Alex, say hi. Hey, guys. And uh, making his return to the podcast roughly one year after his debut, we have Drew Cunningham. Drew, how are you? I'm good, Chris. Hi, everybody. Nice yeah, to be back. it's good to have you back, man. Um, what a time to be scheduling this podcast. I mean, we've had this on the, on the docket all week. And then literally 15 minutes before we're supposed to start, the Patriots cut Antonio Brown. I mean, that's pretty bananas. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say, it's tough to argue with anybody who says they, that they didn't see this coming, right? I mean, this was, this was happening from 48 miles away. Um, you guys with me on that? Yeah, the guys are goofball. That's one way to say it. I mean, we, we've reached the point of piling on. Um, the the same like it's I'll call it the Cosby moment where everyone comes out of the woodwork and just piles right on every grievance you've ever had and they're totally believable because everyone knows the guy's a shitbird. So uh, given that we're here, it's going to be hard for another team to sign him right now because who knows what's going to come out you know in twenty minutes. I I think that I, he's going to be poisoned for for some time. Yeah, I think that's it for him, actually. I, I like. I think the only way that he's going to get another shot is in another year, if he's somehow proven innocent of all this, like, and somebody signs him in a year. But I, I think he's untouchable right now. Yeah. I, I, uh, I completely agree. No, no one's picking him up this year. You, you'd have to be ridiculous to do that. I, I mean, I don't uh, think he's done. I think he'll come back next year um, because I think that people who've done way worse have also come back. And he's probably – wanted to get some more of that money um, and he's still young enough to do it, but I think he's probably done for the year. You know what, Alex, you always say I'm not willing to put money down and I've won our last two bets, I believe. So I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I think he's done. <laughs> if he plays another down in the NFL, you will win the bet. Done. 20 and, bucks. And you're on tw- 20 bucks. I accept your, I accept your terms. I don't think he's going to play and preseason does not count. He's got to play in the NFL season for you to win this bet. A single down. I'm in. All right. There we have it, gentlemen. You heard it here on the cast. Uh, I like how you upped the terms there, 20 bucks, like trying to make back your last three losses all in one. But uh, <laughs> well, I finally well, had a chance at one. I might as well go for it. Yeah, I think you're, you're going to lose on that one. Um, we've got a great show planned for you guys today. I feel like I'm like a talk show host here as I say that. But a big, big true. show, everyone. There- big show. Yeah, big show, great guest, live music. We're ready to we're ready to dial this in. We do have uh, a lot to talk about. I feel like two weeks into the NFL season, two weeks into the YDDL season, so much has happened. I mean, we're talking injuries galore. We're talking surprise starts. I'm gonna just you know say right now, Joe two and O didn't see that one coming. Star zero and two didn't see that one coming. Um, so that, I think there's a lot to talk about, uh, and we're we're gonna try to get to it all. Um, Alex, I know you had planned to lead us in a little bit of a discussion about the rookie wide receivers because never have I, since I've been following the dynasty rankings, seen so many guys pop right at the beginning of their career. Um, you want to take that away and, and, and lead us into that? Sure. Um, so so I, was, I was playing fantasy in 2014 when we had that kind of wide receiver year where Odell Beckham and Mike Evans and Sammy Watkins and uh, Devonte Adams and, uh, uh, and Alan Robinson and all them kind of came out all at once um, in a single class. 
And I think what everyone was saying was it was never going to happen again because it didn't happen in 15 or 16 or 17 or 18. Um, and then everyone was kind of hopeful about this class and then skeptical because it probably wasn't going to happen. But it's looking pretty decent so far. It might not be as good as 2014, but it certainly looks at this point like it's going to be way better than any year since then. And um, wanted to get your guys' take on the rookie wide receivers. Uh, the order that they went in in the draft is probably not the same order that I would take them in now, but I wanted to go to you guys. So let me uh, kick it over to Drew to start off with. Drew, who is your favorite rookie wide receiver right now? Who's got the most dynasty value? Who would you pay the most for? I think the way the Ravens have started, uh, I would go with Marquise Brown. The dude can fly. Lamar Jackson looks legit, not just on the ground like he did at the end of last year. So I think, I, I think I'd go with Marquise Brown because the Ravens' offense is pretty pretty high-flying, and I expect them to stay that way. Lamar Jackson is just a special talent. So, yeah, that's where I'd go. All right. That's a bold one. Chris, who do you like? Who's your favorite? It's interesting. I, I, I really heavily considered Marquise Brown. I, I – Refuse to call him that, though he's Hollywood Brown to me, uh, and uh, and uh, I, ultimately I'm I go Debo. Um, I think that yeah, really I, I, I go Debo, and a lot of that has to do with what Debo's been able to accomplish in I, what I would say a, a lesser offense because uh, Hollywood Brown is not getting that much attention right now, and I think teams will have trouble game planning the Ravens right now just based on how many options they legitimately have. Uh, I, I look back on that offseason just a quick second here and say, like, masterful job by the Ravens. Uh, when they went out and got Ingram, I was like, I, I, I get it. That's a, a pound the, the rock guy. You know, they're going to, like, stick to their guns on that. But actually what they did was they, they kind of came up with this, like, dual force offense where you have to constantly be ready for the run. But they have so many fast-moving wide receivers. And, and now with Mark Andrews um, – you know, so many legit options. It's hard to cover everybody. And, and for, you know, I haven't even mentioned the fact that Lamar, that Alexander can run at any, any point. Um, sorry, did I just call him Alexander? What the hell is wrong with me? Um, but you guys, you guys know what I'm saying here. And I think, uh, um, I, I think Debo has done more with less and I liked him coming out more than I liked Hollywood Brown. I think he's going to be a true star. Um, I think the fact, the fact that he's like moving up the depth chart, already um i think he's going to be the greatest value long term alex where are you falling i I can sympathize because my mother called me alexander so um you know i'm 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 right with you there uh (laughs) yeah i i I think that those are those are awesome picks uh the other guy i would put into the discussion is probably aj brown but that situation is so poisonous there it's not clear that Mariota can do anything right um you know, even that first week where uh, they scored 43 points on the Browns and just boat raced them, he, they still didn't have tons of targets to go around. There were only three catches for A.J. Brown, a couple uh, targets for uh, um, Corey Davis, who, by the way, looks, looks real bad right now. Um, and I, I would put A.J. Brown in there. I'm still an Akil Harry fan. I still like him. I wish he weren't on the IR. And, uh, I, and I think DK Metcalf has looked really good. Um, and th- yeah, he was my number two. Metcalf was yeah. my number two. And I that's think. not to even mention Terry McLaurin, who I think is probably one of the top scoring rookies and 
and the one who's most likely to give you, you know, 10 points every week. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. And, you know, we haven't mentioned Nicole Hardman. We haven't mentioned um, some of the other guys that have popped as well. It's just been, you know, for the first couple of weeks in a slow developing position, it's been on. Um, so in terms of uh, the uh, couple of guys I just mentioned coming from that kind of next tier of guys, the first one off the board was Nikhil Harry in our draft, right? Um, yeah. Right now, hypothetically, if you're holding Nikhil Harry, would you trade him for Terry McLaren? Chris, you go first. No, I wouldn't. And, but I, look, I, I'll admit there's something about Terry McLaurin that I really find fascinating and I, I don't think anyone has predicted. I think the whole thing about the Ohio State matchup with Haskins and him both going to Washington was going to help him. But you got to remember, he's doing all this without Haskins. The dude is just a consummate professional. Like he knows how to he knows how to get open and people were worried that he wasn't going to be able to separate. He's been able to do that. Um I think he's going to he's going to be a legit wide receiver too. I I know that athletically they're not the same, but I I don't think it's an unfair thing to say the Calvin Ridley emergence last year, it's a similar deal where it's like, you know, the talent is there and he's doing everything the right way. He's running the routes really well. Um He's, I think he would be a great wide receiver, too. I don't see the upside of Nikhil Harry in him, though. There's a chance that Nikhil Harry is going to be a bust. There is. But I believe that he's not. And I think that he's going to come off the IR. Maybe not this year, but now with Antonio Brown cut. I mean, the timing for this question it couldn't have, could not have been better. I think Harry will emerge as the season goes on. Uh, and I think, um, I, I think he'll be in the top three of this wide receiver class when all is said and done. All right, same question to you, Drew. If you're holding Harry, uh, would you trade him for McLaren? Yeah, just straight up. I think, I think uh, you know what, just for the sake of uh, making this fun, I'll take the other side. Yes, I would do that. And here's why. I think Haskins obviously is going to get a shot in Washington eventually. Uh, Geis is banged up. They've got Peterson there. You know, Washington's in trouble this year, obviously. Jordan Reed's had 75,000 concussions. Um, I think McLaren is just, at least over the next maybe two to three years, once Haskins gets the reins, you know, going to have a shot to really produce. Is he, is he a, you know, a wide receiver one, like Chris said, eventually, you know, I don't know. That's, that's always hard to do, but isn't the kill Harry either? I don't know. I mean, you know, Brady is, I don't know, like a cyborg or something, but you got to believe he's going to hang him up one of these next couple of years. And, you know, New England likes to spread the ball around. They like to run. They're clearly, you know, they stack their defense this year. So Belichick's preparing for this early Brady retirement clearly. So I, I don't know. I think, I think I'd probably go McLaren over the next, two three year window um seeing like five years into the future i i don't know you know so i'll take the other side of the argument just to make it fun what about you Alex? yeah it's tough um I, I i'm a huge harry fan um i would probably stick with harry but it's it it's really tempting and if i needed production right away i might do it um you know i think, I think harry's got a great profile he compares pretty favorably to guys like, you know, Anquan Bolden, um, who've had great careers, um, you know, just in terms of size, college production, speed, everything. Um, you know, I loved him as a prospect and I liked the landing spot a lot, but unfortunately going on the IR the first season, um, before the season, you know, he's done for the year. And, you know, that means at most he's going to get what one season with Brady, if Brady plays one more year. You make uh, it sound like you make it sound like he needs Brady to be successful. I mean, plenty of wide receivers 
get to the NFL uh, without a star quarterback and emerge. I, I, like, I think. Sure. But, I mean, Jared Stidham is their backup. How were they another quarterback? I mean, does, is Belichick hiding a quarterback somewhere? No, but I think they have another year to find one. You know, like you and I are on another bet right now where I think, you know, Brady's going to play next year. Um, you don't. We'll see. Uh, so I think if it's two, if it's two years, and then that gives them the lead up to find the right guy, I think they'll do it. But anyway, I, it's a great argument. Like I think, I think the fact that we're even talking about it just shows how much Terry McLaurin has gone up in value. Um, I don't think it's really oh, Nikhil yeah. Harry losing value, although I do think he's lost a little. But it's 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 really just how much McLaurin has jumped in a three week span, which is absurd. Yeah, and we're talking about a third round pick, and honestly, you know. This year's the third, the third and fourth round of this year's draft has already produced some guys who have been impactful. I mentioned Nicole Hardman; he was a third rounder. Um, Alexander Madison's a third rounder; he's probably going to get some run. Keyshawn Johnson's caught some balls. Terry McLaurin, like we've mentioned, Mark Andrews, I think, is the tight end one so far this season. Yeah, um, he's good. And and uh, Hakeem Butler was a fourth rounder, and even though he's on the IR, you know, he could end up being the best fourth rounder we've had in the league if he produces anywhere near his potential. Um, so I, and I, I think that, I think that this draft more than most has been exceptionally deep and speaks to the value of picks. Yeah. Um, I want to go back but, though, Alex, like I, I know we're going to move yeah. off of this question in a moment. We spent a few minutes on it, but you did mention uh, Corey Davis a few minutes ago. Uh, and Andrew, <laughs> I, I want to put you on the spot. Like uh, I kind of warned you I was going to do this. Like, as an owner of Corey Davis dynasty, like give me the number one adjective of how you're feeling right now. And, and, and what do you make of this situation? Is there any hope? Is there any hope? Uh, yes, there's hope. The dude's a athletic freak. I think in Tennessee, no. So does he have to run out his rookie contract maybe before you actually see him do something? Maybe. I think we're so used to these guys coming in now and producing in two, three years that we forget that just a few years ago it was like, oh, let's target those breakout receivers in year three and year four. Uh, we've just we've seen guys like Juju Smith-Schuster do it early. Other guys, I could probably think of five other examples there. So, um, you know, would I throw in the towel on him? No. Uh, but your one-word adjective uh, definitely disappointed. I thought uh, when I got him in the in the dispersal draft, I was pretty excited. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then they drafted AJ Brown. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's tough. He's probably just gonna kind of sit there, and maybe I have to roll him out for a bye week. But I don't think I could get the value for what his underlying talent is. So I'm probably just kind of stuck with some dead weight there. So I watched yeah. more of the Thursday night game last night, partially because I was bowling, Drew, and they always have it up on those like silent, terrible TVs up at the the alley that you mm-hmm. and I roll in. Oh God, yeah, and, they're bad. Uh, and I was watching, uh, like, the, uh, my number one takeaway that I didn't really have a full grip on is just how bad the Tennessee offensive line is when they drop back to pass. I, like, I want, I yeah, well, it's tough against the Jags. Yeah, and I want to give the Jags some credit. And I'll also, like, you know, I'll say, like, obviously the Jags secondary is decent too. Um, but, like, my God, they have no time to throw the ball. And it's just, if I'm, if I'm running that offense, I'm really worried uh, about the fact that, that, that Mariota's not willing to throw it up and let Corey Davis try to make a play ever. He doesn't take any chances. Uh, I just think yeah, the, it's, no. it's really yeah. the worst case scenario because you have a quarterback who doesn't throw with anticipation. He's, he'll only throw it if he sees it. And then you have an offensive line that doesn't give him enough time 
for his wide receivers to separate. So it's it you you end up in the worst case where all he's doing is dumping it off or you know throwing wide open routes, which just don't happen all that often. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to move on because otherwise we're gonna have like a four hour cast here, which nobody wants. Um Let's go to the let's go to our week two reactions. Uh, I know Alex, you're excited to talk about like all these injuries, the QB apocalypse. Like, I, I do like that you called it the, the QB apocalypse. I I did look back, Alex, and I think last year you, in a similar show sheet, called something the QB apocalypse. So I, maybe this is just the state of the NFL. Um, you asked the question, who was hit hardest? I think uh, I want to ask you first, Alex, who was hit hardest by the QB apocalypse in our league? Ooh, turning it around on me. I like that. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I think that some guys got hit harder because, you know, Jesse lost uh, Ben Roethlisberger. But I think Jesse could could afford to lose Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's not going to be – he's not going to be sunk by that. Um, and his team was still playing fine. Um, but uh, – I th- I think the the most damage. Uh, You're totally looking this up was, as we talk, aren't you? Yeah, I totally am. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you, I am. You thought you could write the question. You thought you could write the question and not I was even know to you. which team had Drew Brees on. I didn't realize you were gonna like take my show sheet and read it at me. That's uh, that's so weak, man. Uh, here, here, here. I'll, I'll I already know. I already Thank know. If, if you're looking for Drew Brees, he was on Stars team. It's yeah. It's, I was uh, trying no, to figure but... it out. <laughs> this is great. I, I thought I he was, this. and then I didn't. I didn't see him. And oh man, yeah. And, and Stars team is zero two right now, and he's starting Luke Falk. Luke Falk. Luke Falk. Falk man. Yeah. Falk man. I mean, he's 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 in big fucking trouble. Hey, before but Drew, before think, you jump I mean, in, I just have to say, Alex, I just yeah, totally go got a glimpse of the kid that you were in high school, sitting there in the English class. Having not done the reading, the teacher asked a, an open-ended question, and you and you asked the question back. What is this really? I mean, as human beings, like, you are the bullshitter of bullshitters. I am impressed. Way well, I, I I like how I did the work to put together a show sheet, and then you 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 took it, made it like it was your question, and asked me. I I, I think that was a marvelous managerial move. You're welcome. Um, and. <laughs> yeah, that, that, so that, that's that's brilliantly done. But I'm gonna kick it over to Drew, who's actually done the reading. Drew, uh, <laughs> what do you think? Is it is it in fact Star? <laughs> no, I actually, you know what? I'm gonna go back to Jesse because you know why he lost Big Ben. But if you look at his roster, he's also got Juju Smith-Schuster mm. and Vance McDonald. Mm. So I think it's like a triple whammy there. So each of those guys probably takes a step down. Unless I don't know. I mean, as a Steelers fan, we're gonna get to see what Mason Rudolph does, but it's a clear step down from Ben. So. Given that three pieces all are kind of impacted by that one injury, I think it's probably Jesse. But on the flip side, he's got both of uh, Breeze's backups. I think he's got both of them. So maybe one of those guys can do something. And then all I thought about was uh, Jesse's got Jacoby Brissett, right? Chris, I think I'm remembering this right. He drafted him. Yeah, you got that right. You got that right. Yeah, so that's so that's a pretty big pickup given yeah. you know what happened to Big Ben over there. Right. So so for me, it's Jesse for those reasons. The triple. I, I I think that's a really good argument, and I I hadn't thought of it from the triple whammy side. I will say for me, it's Star. Star's team, as we talked about, you know, in the preseason, Alex. I remember you and I on the on the breakdown just talking about how there wasn't really a lot of room for error on this team, and I, I got to commend Star because I actually think that over the course of the season. He, he has found some value in guys that uh, both in the draft and, and in trade that we didn't necessarily see coming. And, you know, obviously Debo, I just, I just gave him his props for Debo. 
Um, I like that. And Chris Thompson has some revived value right now with, uh, with Geis out. But let's go back to the quarterback thing. This team was built around having Baker Mayfield and Drew Brees. It doesn't scare me now that he's got Mr. Disappointment and Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, Ingram is a great running back, too. Diggs has been hugely disappointing. Jared Cook might be the single most disappointing tight end out there right now. Um, and without you know, talk about talk about double whammy, he takes the double whammy of Jared Cook not having Drew Brees to throw to him anymore. Um, I think Philip Lindsay's taking a step back. Like this team went from championship level to I I, I think it's going to miss the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, and and moving a little further, Chris, he also lost Ryan Fitzpatrick to uh, the fact that Miami has mercifully benched him and is is now going to throw poor Josh Rosen to the wolves. Yeah. Um, so I I think that. Star is looking at a tough spot because he has to figure out if he's going to be competitive this year or not. Um, and how on an already not deep team, if he can afford to, to trade future assets for current value. No, I mean, this did, this week today. against I mean, Celine, the, Again, the timing, timing of this, like he just moved uh, his 2021 second for, uh, for Gardner Minshew, which is a, a good, a good move for him, but it's not going to help him this week in a week that he absolutely needs to win. Yeah, um, because Minshew's already played, so he's going to have to roll Luke Falk out there. Yeah, all in on the Jags. I know, and not only that, but he's playing the other team that's in the most similar position, where you've got, you know, uh, Salim's team with Marcus Mariota, and uh, you know, and some other disappointing assets: an injured Devin Singletary, um, a retired Andrew Luck, um, an injured Nick Foles, like. He was another team that was good but shallow and is now, you know, on the outside looking in. And I think that whoever yeah. whoever loses that is probably out. You know, I'm I'm ready to call it that the loser of that 0 and two versus 0 and two game is probably not making the playoffs. And I that's agree. that's gonna be tough. Yep. And I know that that's a question that you want to ask later that I won't steal from you. So my apologies. Uh, I won't do it again. <laughs> it's uh, okay. I'm glad you read the show sheet. Yeah. No, I did. I was prepared. I have, I have stars page open. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, so would you like for me to ask the next QB apocalypse question or would you like to take over? No, no, please continue, sir. All right. So your next question, and I'll buy you a little time since you didn't do the homework to, you know, go through the, the class notes here. Um, Drew, who benefits most? So I took this question to mean like in the context of the league. So if it's like a two-parter for me. It was like, who has hit the hardest? I thought Jesse for the reasons I gave. And I think Jesse has an awesome team. So I just thought, you know, by extension, all the other would-be playoff teams benefits just, just took kind of a macro level view because uh, again, I think Jesse's a really tough team if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy with Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Vance McDonald. So um, it maybe just knocks him down, maybe knocks him down a peg and just lets everybody have that much more, uh, you know, glimpse at the top four, top five teams. So I'll, I'll just keep it macro level. I, I think that's a great answer. Um, Alex, I'm going to jump yeah, in I'm, for a second. Okay, you go ahead, because I was ready to go. Um, on okay, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So it's, it's you, man. I do actually have an answer. And my answer is Stephen Sharp. I think that Stephen is looking at going from a situation where he was in dire straits with, you know, Eli Manning playing poorly and a, uh, a mono-ridden Sam Darnold to having Daniel Jones and Mason Rudolph at quarterback. He's got a win. Um, his team is playing well. 
and he's got a, sh- a decent shot of being competitive. Um, so I- I'm going to say that he actually benefited more so than most other teams did. Yeah, if I can, if I can script the trajectory for Steven here, like I know he wants to make the playoffs, and I would too. But I think the best case scenario is winning the championship this year. Like having a team that just misses being the favorite and then winning the championship, getting one more year of picks, letting his guys develop, and then he's there. I think next year that's – Yeah, he's a wizard with his picks. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. He, he has done really well with his picks. Um, so, you know, I, 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 like the, I like Drew's answer. I like that macro answer. Um, but I, I think you're both right. You, you, took, you took my answers away, guys. Um, so I, I won't waste our time. <laughs> Um, yeah, do we I, want to move on or do you want to talk more about QBs? Oh man. Cause there, there are a couple other, you know, QB situations. And the, the one thing that I always think about when we have QB injuries to these good teams, um, is just, there's so much value destroyed, you know, Drew brought up the, the triple threat, the, all the other receivers and, and players on the Steelers, who's going to, who are going to get fewer targets. who are going to get fewer yards, worse targets. Um, more men in the box for the running backs. Um, it, it stinks because there's value destroyed in a lot of these really good offenses. And, yeah, you know, it, the pie literally shrinks. And on top of that, when, the, when, when one team scores fewer points, the other team is going to score fewer points as well. You know, there is, there is a collinearity between the two teams where um, lower scoring teams, you know, it takes fewer points to beat them. So the other team doesn't have to score as many. You know, so what we'll see yeah. in all likelihood is fewer points in the league. And that's not good for anyone except for, you know, people who like to start defenses, I guess. Um, you know, I actually, the, the one thing that we didn't talk about in this too, Alex, and I think you're right on everything you just said, though, is like anybody who has a rental out there, I like, I wish that I had to tear it down and I could trade Tom Brady right now, right now. Cause like last year I was like, oh man, I overpaid when I, when I traded for Tom Brady and I gave up my, my first rounder like late first and you know what i'm pretty confident that if i needed to i could sell tom brady for a first rounder right now because dude's going to be a top five qb this year and like like i just wish i didn't need him it's a shame that i have to rely on mitchell trubisky (laughs) boohoo i have a good team so i can't trade tom brady that's an awful take (laughs) (laughs) what is happening in this podcast (laughs) oh so many great things so many good things. All right. Um, Let's move, right, on. move on. Uh, yes, Steph, I, I believe so. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll guide us through the next part. Um, so we're two weeks in, and there are some surprise teams that are 2-0. There's some surprise teams that are 0-2. Um, the 2-0 teams uh, are, let's see, Joe and um, – hold on, I'm pulling up the standings right now. Uh, Joe and Drew and Jeff. The O and two teams are Shirley, Star, and Salim. Now, what I want to know is, of those two and O teams, which do you guys think is the most likely to miss the playoffs? All right, may I go first on this one, Drew? You absolutely may. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I I think I want my gut reaction to start was I thought that all of them would make it, but I thought that was a cop out answer, so I went a little deeper. I believe in Joe's team the least of the three. And here's why. Um, I, I do think that he has a lot of pieces that are emerging, and I really like them, okay? 
like you guys have heard in the podcast already, me, I've gone way out there for Hawkinson. I love the man. Okay. I think he's going to get better. Uh, Tyler Boyd continues to emerge. DJ Moore, quietly, 30.5 points already this year. Um, I think that he's turning into at least a wide receiver, too. He's probably a year away from being a wide receiver one, potentially. Chris Carson has been pretty darn good. Derrick Henry, I didn't like what I saw last night, but he's back from the dead. And then perhaps the guy on this roster who's gained the most value is Andy Dalton. Like Andy Dalton went from a guy that everyone would, would have rolled their eyes at and been like, that's your quarterback. And instead now with the new offense there, I, I like him. I really do. I, I don't know that he'll be the quarterback there three years from now, but in the meanwhile, he is absolutely putting up huge numbers. Um, my problem with this roster is I, I, I think there's a lot of question marks uh, where he needs there not to be question marks. Okay. Um, Darren Waller, I'm not as big a fan as the numbers would have led you to believe so far. All right. Um, I also think that Derrick Henry has played literally as well as he could. And there's going to be plenty of weeks like the one we just saw. Historically, this is a running back that like, you know, will put up three touchdowns or zero points. I don't think that that's going to lead you to a playoff spot in tight weeks when you really need the bye weeks to, you can't afford that zero. He's got Melvin Gordon, probably not coming back until week six or week seven. I think his best guy off the bench right now is probably Marvin Jones. Maybe Ooh. Michael Gallup, if he's, if he's healthy enough to come back. Ooh. It's not a deep team. And I think that once the bye weeks come around, you're going to see Drew drop, uh, not Drew, you're going to see Joe drop a lot of games that he wishes he didn't drop. So he's either going to have to go out and make some trades right now to back up the roster that we just talked about, or he's going to have to just hope that he gets lucky. I, I think that this is a team that I think he'll, I think he's going to sneak in. I think he's probably going to be the sixth team into the playoffs this year. Um, but I don't, I think of the three, he's the most likely to miss. Drew, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I actually agree. I think it's probably Joe of those three teams. And I won't repeat a lot of what Chris said. I do love Joe's team. I like how he decided to rebuild a little early and got some picks like got Kyler Murray. I think that's huge for me. It's like Henry and Carson. They're mostly just guys who, who run. They don't catch a lot of passes. I know they each have caught like a couple of dump offs this year, which is a little different, but it's a PPR league. And, you know, those guys, um, you know, I don't know. They don't catch a lot of passes. And, I mean, if Carson fumbles one more time, he's benched. You know what it's like up there in Seattle, the way they want to play. So, uh, you know, that might be an issue with Carson. Um, I think he has uh, some Lions players, right? Oh, I'm breaking up? No, you're good. No, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I heard someone say I'm breaking up. Um, yeah, so, no, the, the Detroit Lions, you know, they played Arizona the, the first week of the year. So, they ran way more plays than they're going to. They're usually one of the slowest-paced teams in the league the way that uh, what's-his-face, the guy who uh, who used to be with the Pats, likes to coach up there. So I think, you know, I, I wouldn't want to pin my hopes to the Lions and then a couple of uh, running backs who don't catch a lot of passes. I think for me it's that simple. It's kind of a, a volume thing, less plays per game for the Lions and, you know, not a lot of not a lot of catches for the running backs. Yeah, Matt Patricia. Yeah, that's his, uh, the, the name of that dumpily-dressed uh, rocket scientist. Um, <laughs> but I, I agree with you guys. I, I think you guys are on the right track there. Um, I think his, his hope is that Gordon comes back week six and that he can, you know, have four wins by then. And, you know, you know, the quarterbacks stay healthy and he makes it through the bye weeks. It, I, I think it's still a good team, though. I, I don't think it will miss the playoffs. I just think it's of the teams that are 2-0 the most likely. Um, now, to the 0-2 teams, which of those do you think is the most likely to turn it around? So it was Star, Salim, and 
what star slim Shirley. Shirley. Yeah. So which of those teams do you think is going to turn it around? You want to go Chris, first? Uh, let me kick it to Chris again. I, I want to go through the same order. Okay. That's fair. Uh, I'm ready to go on this one and I'm going to make, I'm going to give a similar take to start and say that none of these three teams are going to make it. Okay. Um, but again, I didn't take the cop out. I, I just want to go on record as saying, I don't think any of them are there. Um, but if one of them had to, I think you have to look at the star power that star still has. Okay. I don't um, like, I see what you did players. there and I'm not happy with it. It was actually completely by accident, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest with you, mm. but like, I, I don't think that Diggs is going to stay this like this. Okay. He's going to have weeks. He will. He's banged up. He's going to get healthy. Um, and Devonte Adams, obviously, uh, you got to love the man. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has emerged. Baker Mayfield is a very good quarterback who has not been able to play as well as we know that he will. Um, this team is banged up. I don't, I don't like a lot of the pieces. I, I think even on this podcast, like multiple times, I've gone out as saying like years ago, I thought A.J. Green was, was done. Like, I don't like that A.J. Green is a guy that he's going to have to rely on when he comes back. But he made enough good picks, you know, between Debo Samuel, having Chris Herndon on the roster helps. Um, I could see a way into the playoffs for this team. But same problem as last year. I already think that, that Starr has pushed all his chips in. He doesn't have a lot to trade. You know, he just made that trade for, for Minshew today. If he wanted to go out and make a blockbuster move, I don't think he has the parts to do it. Um, and I agree with, you know, the take from 15 minutes ago in this cast. If he loses to Salim this week, if I were him, I'd be looking at trying to be the first seller in order to get the, the highest price. Because if you turn around right now and you try to move an Adams, you're going to get an absolute king's ransom. And you might still be able to get out from Fournette before Fournette turns into a pumpkin. Because right now, statistically, Fournette looks better on paper than he does in games, right? Like he still managed to put up points last night and a good number of them with six catches for 26 yards, but he's not going to be in the NFL in two or three years. Like that's my take. Um, so that's a guy that I'd be looking to move. Um, what do you, what do you guys think? Drew? Yeah. So I can jump in. I, uh, I thought it would be easy to say star. Cause again, he does have some star power, um, but I'll go contrary and say Salim. So my, my quick rationale for, for a star again, I think Chris, you kind of went through some of it there is, you know, breeze is hurt. That probably hurts cook. Uh, maybe Herndon comes back if Darnold can, you know, shake off the mono and, and gives him something there, but Foles being out obviously impacts Fournette. Uh, Lindsay and Ingram are both in timeshares. You know, I think Ingram's a nice move for Baltimore, but if you actually look at the way they they've used those guys, you know, he's not getting like an insane amount of usage there yet. Uh, Minnesota skewed insanely, insanely run heavy. So I think Diggs's value is a little down. I think they've thrown like 30 passes or less in two games or something like that. Green Bay clearly wants to play uh, much more run heavy kind of balanced. No, I shouldn't say run heavy, more balanced. And they have a lot better defense this year. So I think just, again, if you just look at like volume across those teams for those receivers, maybe it's just taking a, a notch down. They're still, you know, amazingly good players, those guys, Adams and Diggs though. So uh, maybe that carries you. And A.J. Green, I agree. When he comes back, I mean, he's super old. He's in a contract here. He's not going to rush himself back and kind of put himself out there. He's maybe going to try to get out and get one more contract somewhere else, I think. So I guess I guess then I'd have to say Celine if I was going to pick somebody then who would be most likely. But that's, I think, directly tied to the Bears playing a lot better than they have. And I think the Bears played a lot better last year on offense. I don't know what their deal is to start this year. And maybe Haskins will get a shot in Washington at some point after they drop a couple more games. So if the Bears can kind of pick it up and Haskins gets a shot, 
you know, maybe Salim, if he doesn't trade some of his uh, other better players, you know, I don't know, has has a really outside shot. But I agree. I don't I don't think, uh, you know, any of these guys can make it. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Once, once again, I think you guys are right on there. I think all these teams are going to miss it, um, you know, uh, and uh, honestly, I think that, you know, the real dogfight is going to be between those one and one teams. I think I, I think that of the one and one teams, um, th- you know, there are tons of teams that are going up and going down. I mean, you've got six teams in there. Three of them make it. Three of them don't. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. I think Chris, you and you and I are both in there, whereas uh, Drew's sitting at two and zero. So I'm pretty excited about this week and going forward. Um, but uh, speaking of this week, there were a couple games that I wanted to zoom in on. Uh, one was Salim versus Star. Um, yep. I, and it, it feels like that's the right thing to talk about now, just given that we were right there. Yeah. Who's, who's your pick, Drew? Who's your pick, Salim versus Star? I think because of what I just said, I've got to I've got to go with Salim. Otherwise, I can't back up my last answer. So I think by default, I have to stick to my guns there and go Salim. Chris, who you got? Well, just uh, for for what it's worth, the projections agree with Drew that Salim is is more likely to win. It's fifty one percent likely, one thirty seven point four to one thirty three point seven. Uh, I agree, actually. I think I, I like Salim to win this week, and and it's it's actually a couple matchups that lead me to that. Um, I kind of like Hollywood Brown at Kansas City. I, I think that's going to be a shootout. <laughs> like, would you be surprised if he gave you a thirty? Like, I think it's it's possible, right? Um. I like Julio Jones to break out a bit this week. Um, I think the fact that Mariota played like that and still gave you 15.6 is actually it's kind of huge. And and Delaney Walker, you gotta you gotta look at what's in the bank already. Uh, Walker getting 13.4 that's that's nothing to sniff at because I don't think that Jared Cook's gonna get anywhere close to matching that from the tight end position. Um, also, the 49ers draw Pittsburgh, and like who knows what that's gonna look like. I, I know we don't like to look at defenses to start, but that might be a many interception fumble game. Like you just, you just don't know. And, and, and the Niners are home. So like, could that one unravel? Absolutely. Um, so I guess just from a matchup perspective, you know, who we have not mentioned once and we need to Alan Robinson. I love that man. He is, he is breaking out. He's going to be good. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know about that matchup. It doesn't really matter to me, but I, I, I just think that, that Salim's probably going to win the game. Yeah. Alan Robinson has it so tough because his 2015 was so, so good. And he's never been anywhere close to that. You know, it's like a, it's like a band that has a really, really good first album. And then the, the, the second, third and fourth albums are like, uh, okay, but they never quite get back to where they were. It's, it's counting crows. Uh, yeah, there's probably a thousand of them, but but sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I agree with you guys. I, my my pick going to this one was also Salim, and I was hoping that I would be the uh, the contrarian, but it looks like I'm anything but. Um, the other game of the week is I think me versus Jeff. It's uh, the game with the highest total. It's a two and zero versus a one and one. And Jeff's team is looking really strong. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I want to pick this one, but uh, Chris, who you got? Me, Jeff. All right, I'm leaning you on this one. Um, although I will just say right now, I really don't like your running backs this week. Oof. Yeah. Um, 
I like your wide receivers a lot, a lot, enough to carry the day, but I really don't like your running backs this week. Gurley at Cleveland, that feels like a death match. First off, they're not using him very much. And then Cleveland's decent at stopping the run. And then Kamara in the first game with no breeze at Seattle. Are you kidding me? That's terrible. So, like, I don't like either of those. Um, I don't know that any of your matchups are screaming as great. And now the fact that you're going to have to sub Antonio Brown out is obviously going to give you a little bit of a hit as well. Uh, but there's a couple matchups that I really I'll highlight that I, that I personally think are going to be fun. Lamar Jackson, for the same reason that I like Hollywood Brown, I like that at Kansas City to be a total shootout. And I could see him putting up an enormous number. I also like Mike Evans to rebound. You know, I think that you, we've seen now what happens when teams double Mike Evans and and uh, let every other weapon on Tampa Bay go go huge it's one of these weeks it's going to go the other way I, I like that to be this week i think evans gets his his run this week um i think beckham against the rams is not so hot but the flip side this is not the week to be playing james connor and counting on him okay uh this is probably not going to be jared goff's best week of the season it's definitely not going to be michael thomas's best week of the season um so i just think that i i, I like your side a little bit more in, as far as projections go, for the two of you, these are projected low numbers. Alex, they're, they're, you, they have you under 150, which is rare for your team. And uh, for Jeff, he's at 143.8. So I'm going to give you the nod, Alex. How about you, Drew? What do you think? Yeah, for me, I thought Alex for sure before the Antonio Brown news because I figured they'd get Antonio Brown at least one of their 600 scores that they'll get this weekend. Um, but uh, maybe it's a little closer now. It pulls Alex back a little bit. But for me, when I looked at Jeff's team, Goff's on the road. He's one of those guys like how Roethlisberger was. He's always worse on the road, a lot better at home. Um, Howard's been a ghost. You know, maybe he gets it together this week. He's been an absolute ghost in Tampa Bay. And I think Connor and Bell, they're both a little dinged up, and they're going to be facing stack boxes with, you know, these quarterback situations. So I think – I think for me, it's Alex, even though, Chris, I agree with you, it's uh, it's not super clear cut, some of those matchups. I think last week with uh, one thing on the Saints real quick, because it's obviously Thomas is on one side and Kamara's on the other. I don't know what they were doing last week whenever Breeze went out coming in and not throwing anything to Kamara and having it all go to Thomas. Uh, you got to think maybe this week they changed the game plan uh, a little bit. I don't know, though. Um, you know, uh, Seattle secondary is terrible. If they can get Kamara into the secondary there, maybe he can actually, you know, do something. But yeah, so Alex for me. I, I'm also a little like I, I want to see if uh, Jeff sticks to his current lineup, because if I'm him, I, I think I might. Well, I guess McLaurin's matchup at Chicago is terrible. I, I think rest of season, I prefer McLaurin to T.Y. Hilton. But Ooh. I think this one week, oh. you might have to go. Oh, that's a bold take. Yeah. Drew, what do you think about it, that? I... <laughs> Wait, that's not, that's not to kill Harry. That's T.Y. Hilton you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, I do. I... Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I think the Colts are still good this year. I mean, I know that what they're doing early in the year with Jacoby Brissett, but I, th- I think the Colts, like, they've got a good defense. They've got a good coach. They've got a great offensive line. I think that – I mean, T.Y.'s got touchdowns in both games so far, doesn't he? I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're... I, I'm probably I'm probably a little early on that. I'll be honest. But, I, but <laughs> no, no. But I, I could see it, right? I, like I think a lot's going to depend on how, as the tape continues to get out on Brissett, how 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 teams will decide to play the Colts. Um, and right now, like it feels like they've tried to take away a little more of the short stuff. I think in the long run, they're going to take away the long stuff. But we'll see. Um, this has been fun. 
I sort of feel like we, we need one last little thing to do, but, but we've really covered a lot and we're, we're about 40 minutes, 43 minutes into this cast. So it might be time to wrap things up. What do you guys think? Any last thoughts? Drew, I'll let you go. Alex, anything? Yeah. Um, no, okay. Yeah, no, we, we don't know anything. Um, <laughs> we, we got nothing. We got nothing left. We left it all on the tape. Um, yeah, I, I think that I love the deals going on. I just wanted to talk about the Minshew for a second deal. Um, I, I, I love the fact that there's liquidity in the, in the league. I love that teams are trading. I love that offers are flying around. Um, yeah, and, that way. And it seems like this year, because I think, you know, East, you know, certainly Star is still trying to stay in it. Salim is still trying to stay in it. You know, that means we've got 11 out of 12 teams that at least think a little bit like they're going to make the playoffs. And that's pretty good after two weeks. Um, I, I think it's, I think this is the most competitive season that we've had yet. Maybe the first season because nobody knew that they were bad at this point. But since then, I think this has been our, our the season with the most parody and the most interesting weeks i mean steven beat you last week chris steven i know that hurt beat you that hurt, that hurt i know and there was there was a moment where like i actually called you on sunday probably about 6 30 maybe 7 p.m and i was like across my leagues i'm going three and oh this week baby and then i watched zach Ertz get outperformed by calvin ridley on sunday night football and just dash my dreams away um so that sucked but you know i, I do think that steven has he's on the rise like he deserves credit Steven has rebuilt that team. I, I think we've been hard on him. He's done a really good job. Um, so, you know, I, 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 really, I think my biggest regret of this podcast, Alex, is that you threw out that idea in the show sheet of like finding ways to compare things to the salad bar. And I couldn't tell if you were joking, but I, I really wanted to talk about some gross vegetables. We didn't get to go there. <laughs> that was good. I, I yeah, I, I uh, that was the Corey Davis take, was it? <laughs> well, I, I was ready to go for what it's worth. I, I was like, at first, I was like, he's going to be the black olives that come from the can. But then I was like, no, 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 he's way fancier than that. That's so true. I, ultimately, I settled on, I settled on the shiitake mushrooms that should never have made it to the to the bar. You know, like they should have been cooked like six months ago somewhere way better. Um, I, I thought it was a little derivative because we did something pretty similar with Joe last year. So I, 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 know, I didn't want, I didn't want to go fun. there. It was just, it was just what came to mind, you know, like, because you were saying like, what's one word that describes this? And I, I thought that the salad bar was an equally stupid question. Um, so, but. All right. You know what? Just, just because I think getting to know <laughs> people through the cast is actually valuable. I do have one last question and it's totally, totally out there. Yeah. All right. I know that both of you enjoy board games. So I would like to put you both on the spot and say, what is your favorite board game that you have found in the last 12 months? Drew, you can go first if you want. Oh, man, the last 12 months, zero. Uh, I have a little baby girl and a busy work schedule, so not in the last 12 months. All right, you can expand uh, it. Make me, it the most put, recent well, one that you love. No, no, put, put, put me on hold. So let me think about the year before that. Yeah, go over to Alex if you've got Yeah, I got, I, I got a couple things. things. And this is, this is very on-brand for YDDL because I've been playing board games with my kiddos. And uh, easily, I think Blockus is my favorite of the kiddo board games. Um, great game. I think great it's, game. it's really yeah. fun. I love... Like, I love the strategy of it. I love just kind of putting the pieces down and seeing where they fit. And the kids can really enjoy it. And they don't have to be good at it. They can still have a good time. 
as long as you don't play with four players, everyone can easily win. So that's pretty fun. Um, and the, the other game I really like um, that's kind of a, a kid's game, but it's, it's still kind of fun, is called Outfoxed, um, where it's a, uh, a cooperative game. You know, we play a lot of cooperative yeah. game with the kids because Ethan is so competitive that he'll, you know, rip your face off if you beat him at something. So um, we, we tend towards cooperative games. How about you, Chris? Well, I like that you went, you, you went with two, like, kid-friendly games there. Outboxed, I know that one quite well. Um, and it's a, it, it almost feels like what Clue tried to be, but Clue is a little old for, for our kids, you know? Um, so, Drew, if you're ready, if you need another second, I'm ready. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm ready. And that's, that's a good call by, uh, by Alex as well. So we used to play that one a lot, actually, with some friends who moved to Germany, and they're actually moving back. We had dinner with them last night. So they were, they were literally talking about resurrecting our – our periodic, uh, well, they call it blocus. Maybe it's because the one guy's German. That's how they say it there. But, uh, <laughs> so, I'll leave. so that's something to chuckle at. So we'll be playing a lot of blocus in the upcoming weeks. But uh, maybe something different. Uh, how about a resurrected game? So it's a game that I used to play a lot as a kid in high school with my friends that uh, some friends up here have started to play with me. And it's, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. It's called a choir. Oh, so yeah. it's basically like, yeah, 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 a choir. So you're building hotel chains and whatnot. And so we used to play that as kids a ton in the neighborhood that I grew up in and um, found some people here in Boston who are also into board games. And we've, we've played that one quite a bit recently. And it's pretty oh, fun. I love that game. And actually, that's a, that's a Schutzer classic. My brother has, has always been a huge <laughs> choir guy. I think I actually like, you know, cut my teeth in board gaming, like losing to Jamie in a choir. You introduced that's, me to that's a choir, where... Chris. You, you were the first person who introduced me to a choir. And and still the yeah. only place I've ever played a choir, I believe, is with you. Um, but we now have a copy of it because it was at my mother in law's house. Like it was just yeah. So we have like a nineteen we have like a nineteen sixties like bookshelf game version that we would always play. So like what hotels are you guys like if I said like festival worldwide American? Uh, it, 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 in my family, it's all you one? say Festivus for the rest of us. I mean and, and yeah. uh yeah. you know, like there it's it's a great game. Conti, Continental, gotta love that one. The one thing that I don't like is that in all the different versions, they seem to change the values around of the hotels. Like, just stick with it. Like, Luxor was 200, okay? Tower was 200. Oh, yeah. In the new See, one, Tower's 400. I can't handle it. Like, stop that. I don't even know. That would blow my mind. I have the old uh, scorecard for all the values embedded into my brain for from here until I die, I think. So, yeah. if okay, the new so, ones that mess with that, no good. I, I got to give my answer, and then I'm going to sign us off. But I am glad that we did something off topic for the end here. Uh, so, you talk about, like, playing games with your kids. Um, Pandemic Legacy Season 1, uh, cooperative game, very complicated. Uh, I've been doing that with Felix, and it is a blast. Uh, if you guys have not found Pandemic yet, you got to start with the original board game, but then, you know, it, it kind of plays itself out where it, it, you, you learn how to beat the game, and, it, and then you stop losing very, uh, very often. And the Legacy component makes it way harder uh, way more fun. They, it's one of the best games I've ever played, so I would highly recommend that one. Um, so that's my answer. Um, anyway, gentlemen, this has been fun. I look forward to uh, hearing it back and uh, having you guys on again at some point soon. Um, enjoy the football this weekend. Any last thoughts? No, I'd be interested to see who stuck around for the last five minutes. So maybe the guys can email the uh, the league and see if he stuck through the board game. Yeah, yeah. Let's find out. Like, if if you listen to this, and we'll we'll, we'll if you're still there, email us. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a good week. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.